We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aitlin is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, goes for the end zone. Olsen! Touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He pounded Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Roar, brought to you by Blue Wire. To help us preview week four, week four's opponent, the Dallas Cowboys, I have Dalton Miller from PFN 365. Does a really good job covering not only the Cowboys, but the entire NFL and the NFL draft, too. So uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Dalton B. Miller. Dalton, how are you? Fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Excited for this matchup on Sunday. It's going to be a very good litmus test for where this Carolina Panthers franchise are under Matt Rule in the second year of their um, regime. But I want to get your thoughts on this Dallas team because they've been very impressive through three weeks, and they're not just doing it only not only on offense, but defensively they've been um, just as impressive. But uh, I want to go back to last week's or yeah, actually let's go back to last week's game because uh, to me I was just I, personally I, I didn't really like Philly's game plan defensively. I think they just made it very easy for Dallas, but Kellen Moore just seems to be in such a good sync with this offense like he was essentially just dialing up plays and Dallas did whatever it wanted to essentially against that Philly defense for you know some of their issues with their scheme they are pretty talented up front and they have some guys in their secondary too yeah no absolutely I I think that a lot of people thought that Kellen Moore could be that kind of, you know, mad genius when he was coming out of, even when he was coming out of Boise before he even started coaching. I mean, part of the reason why he got to where he was in the, at the NFL level, having the baby arm that he had was because he was so intelligent um, and so good schematically. But when it comes to play calling, it, it takes time to be able to figure out sequencing plays together, being able to work off of what you've seen and be able to, uh, you know, adapt throughout uh, the course of the game and not just throughout the course of a game, but week to week, because now we've kind of seen three different game plans from the bucks um, 
and then the Chargers to the, to the Eagles. We've seen three different types of offensive game plans. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, I think Kellen is one of the best play callers in the NFL now. And to have somebody like Dak Prescott, who so well complements Kellen Moore in his ability pre and post snap, the mental side of it is what makes Dak Prescott as good as he is too, because you know he's athletic enough. Um, he's really good at throwing on the run. He is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL now and has been since 2019. But at the end of the day, it's how intelligent he is getting guys in the right position, making the right play call pre-snap because he has full autonomy at the line of scrimmage to change from run to pass, pass to run, um, and do things his way as well. So on top of schematically being very good offensively and being one of, if not the most talented offenses in the NFL, you also have Dak Prescott, who on an individual play basis is getting the or get, is getting these guys into the right position to succeed. So it's just a really well-oiled machine right now on offense for Dallas. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Dak yesterday during his weekly Wednesday presser. Matt Rule even compared him to uh, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees based on what he does at the line of scrimmage. And obviously uh, he mentioned just the high level of mastery of the offense that, you know, Prescott is in control of it's uh, he compared it to like he's playing chess out there and, and it, to me that's what it seems like it um you know I posted this clip earlier this morning but they called the post wheel on like on the third play of the game and Dalton Schultz actually was ended up wide open there was some pressure by Barnett um coming on the right side of Dallas's offensive lines da- Prescott checked it out but they uh, went back to it uh, late in that first quarter, but on the opposite side and that same post wheel uh, to attack Philly's cover two. And it was a touchdown for Schultz. So um, I just think everything they're doing, I'm glad you mentioned the sequencing thing because um, you know, the best play callers in the NFL, Shanahan McVay, um, you know, they really like to call sequencing obviously from different run concepts, but uh, for Dallas, I, I think it's very similar. They just really attack a lot of the weaknesses in a defense and they set up plays um, to take those explosive shots. And, uh, you know, I think you mentioned, obviously, Prescott. I mean, the accolades, I mean, the guy has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL the past few seasons, and it really doesn't really take a genius to figure out that, um, you know, the offense is built around him with all due respect to their running backs who have been playing well. Um, but I, I want to get with the, the the passing offense specifically and um, – because these receivers are also very talented uh, and we are seeing the emergence of Schultz a tight end who probably many people didn't know. Um, I was a f- big fan of Jarwin uh, last year, unfortunately at the injury um, this passing game though, they do just a lot of creative things and they can attack any type of coverage man or zone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I- I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the, the post wheel, um, play there, a little scissors concept a little bit. Um, and, and what I really liked about that play is they had the fast out from Ezekiel Elliott that kind of held uh, Steven Nelson down a little bit. And on top of that, the backside safety wasn't able to take that post because you had on the opposite side, Blake Jarwin running straight at that opposite safety. So that, that, you know, front side safety, the play side safety really had to make a decision whether he was going to cover the post or the wheel. And it would have been a touchdown either way. There was nothing that they could do about it because you had CD lamb also on the opposite side, which Arwin running a drag route that kept the linebackers up too. So I think a lot of these teams that are trying to run cover two with so many cover two beaters out there. Now you really have to 
kind of play Tampa to or play a, a match style, you know, Palms defense, or it's just not going to work because you're not going to wing to be able to keep guys downfield, especially with a guy like Dak Prescott, who is so good mentally and is so good at attacking the middle of the field. Um, you just can't play that kind of country or, or spot drop cover two against a team, first of all, with this many weapons and then with the offense on top of it, it it's just too difficult to defend. Um, but I really like this team as a whole because you have two legitimate tight ends. You can run 12 personnel and have two receiving threats at tight end. Your 11 personnel is fantastic. You can even go 10 when, when uh, Michael Gallup is healthy because uh, Cedric Wilson is somebody who, you know, he is our wide receiver four in Dallas, but he is a very good wide receiver four. He's the one that made the catch down the sideline on that ridiculous Dak throw when he was rolling left. Yeah. He obviously couldn't get the second foot down, but that's an outstanding catch. And, and you know, kind of over the middle, he's, he's willing to take his lumps too. So Dak trusts him over the middle. And then you have, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard through the air and Tony Pollard was a wide receiver at Memphis for the most part so he's obviously a weapon through the air um, and, and Ezekiel Elliott honestly has looked as good as he had since 2016 um, I, and with that I, I think it's just seeing you know his best friend go down last year and watching Dak kind of work back to the way that he is now and be as healthy he is I think that Ezekiel Elliott finally, it, it kind of hit him in the offseason that, hey, like, I love to party. And Zeke is always going to love to go out and have a good time. But he really worked this year on getting his body ready so he could take the beating of, a, of an entire NFL season. And right now, Ezekiel Elliott looks outstanding. No, you're right. I'm glad you mentioned that because, to me, he's just running with a lot more, like, power. And it's not necessarily I – don't, I don't necessarily think just – having powers uh, all based on like this your upper body strength i mean you have to be like in really good shape because like his lower body like it's the he's his feet are consistently moving there was like a play in the red zone where i think they called like some type of gap concept and he cut it back inside but he only went for like three or four yards but just like the way he took on like the linebacker and kept moving um the pile sometimes you see like offensive linemen helping but that was all him and that kind of speaks to a lot of you know strength he has not only in his um, upper body but his lower body too and uh, you know, I want to go now to the offensive line. Uh, the quick question before that is, um, is Collins still out for another like three games or so? Yeah, Collins is still out for another couple games. Um, I've been kind of impressed with uh, Terrence Steele, 78, who's uh, replacing him. He's been, I thought he, when I first watched the Chargers game, I mean, I thought he was okay. Then I watched like the uh, coaches film and I mean, he was moving guys and especially in the run game. He did it against Philly too. Um, obviously we know how talented, uh, 77 and, uh, um, 70 are, we don't have to get into them, Smith and Martin. Uh, but for me, I've been really impressed uh, with, um, Terrence Steele and what kind of like, what have you seen from him? That's really like kind of impressed you. Yeah. So, I mean, he was a, a disaster to start the year last year. I mean, obviously undrafted rookie guy never should have had to start, but we had multiple injuries. Uh, to the offensive line he had to go in there and he kind of got beat up but you could see the improvement towards the end of the year um, I believe he got with, with Duke Manyweather uh, in the offseason and worked with him and I mean he looks fantastic he was always kind of an, an upside guy he was long he was athletic uh, needed to work on his strength a little bit I think that he's gotten a lot stronger this year 
Um, and he's really kind of taken it to the taken some of these guys to task. I mean, he he did really, really well against Joey Bosa. And that's something that I was not expecting. I expected this offense to really work on the quick game, get the ball out fast. And for the most part, they did do that. They also helped Terrence Steele out. But in those 1v1 situations, I felt like he played really well against Joey Bosa. And then this week, I felt like he just kind of continued that. He got beat a couple times on the edge, a uh, little bit of a, a spin by uh, Derek Barnett, who brought that out, I think, three or four times and actually beat uh, Tyron Smith on it once as well. Uh, but for the most part, Terrence Steele has really impressed me so far um on that right side I, I I like what I've seen from him and then we're starting to get talks here about people wanting to trade Lyle Collins and I don't think that that's a good idea I think that you need all the good offensive linemen you can get but it's nice to know that if Lyle goes down again and listen it's becoming tough to trust him for one reason or another um if he does go down you at least have a, a nice little swing tackle and Terrence Steele to, to fill that role Panthers fans, football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for Panthers tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? Well, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Look, there's storylines all over the place for the Panthers this year at Bank of America Stadium. Between the offense clicking, the defense playing lights out, be there to see it all. Visit TickPick.com Roar today and use the promo code Roar to save $10 on your first order of Panthers tickets. That's TickPick.com Roar, promo code Roar. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I'm, I want to finish up here on the offense with just like their running backs. And I'm glad you mentioned it because it, uh, Carolina's defense, it's not similar to Los Angeles, the LA chargers, uh, but they do a lot of similar principles where they like to kind of play the a light box and have uh, their defensive front really kind of control the line of scrimmage because they want to, you know, play in the, in the secondary and just make sure like you're not giving up too many yards in the back end. Um, but we saw like the Cowboys offensive line really take it to LA's, but uh, in my opinion, I think Carolina has a better defensive line, especially in the interior with Brown and uh, Daquan Jones and Morgan Fox. Um, so for you, like what's going to be like the key, do you, do you expect Kellen Moore to uh, potentially, uh, you know, attack Carolina like he did in, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they just went like heavy pass and they probably should have won that game. Um, or do you expect a similar mix of balance that you saw uh, this past weekend? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought that they would have trouble running against Philadelphia as well. And then they came out early and just kind of took it to him. So, I mean, I would say that I, I think they're going to throw the ball more, especially now that, that J.C. Horn is, is out. And that was really unfortunate because he was playing out of his mind for a rookie cornerback. Um, so I, I do think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more. I think they're going to try to get the ball out quick because obviously Derek Brown is somebody who can, can get interior pressure. Um, he kind of manhandles people in the interior. And, and you know, part of the issue for the Dallas Cowboys – Offensively, the one thing that has hurt them is the center position with Tyler Biotish. Uh, I really thought that you know this might be his kind of coming out year, especially playing beside Zach Martin and, and Connor Williams is playing the best football of his career. Um, outside of he had you know kind of a tough game this past week with a couple holding calls. It seems Fletcher Cox um, always kind of gets to him. I, I think overall you're going to see a, a quick passing attack and uh, you know kind of attacking. You know, not the the middle of the field because I think that the you know Carolina is going to try to to do what they can uh, to to try to take away the big explosive plays. So I, I think that you know working the quick game is is where ca- the Cowboys probably go here. Yeah, and, and I certainly think that they should have success doing that because, um, l- like you said, not only is JC Horn out, but their other safety Justin Burris, who's supposed to be a starter, is out. So Carolina's. Yeah, uh, relying on some uh, undrafted uh, free agents in their back end. Uh, two of them are second-year guys, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, quite a fascinating matchup. I probably don't expect C.J. Henderson to play uh, just because he came here this week, and it might take a week or so um, for him to get fully acclimated with the defense. Uh, but A.J. Boye, who's um, you know he has experience in the league, uh, he was suspended the first couple weeks and inactive last week. He should probably. Um, he, well, he definitely will be active. So uh, this is definitely going to be the most fascinating matchup uh, of the game. But uh, let's let's transition over to the defensive side for Dallas uh, against Carolina. Carolina, again, a little depleted uh, offensively without McCaffrey. Uh, but Dan Quinn has really kind of rejuvenated this defense. And um, to me, he's not really doing the same things he did in Atlanta because I've watched his nope. defenses in Atlanta quite a bit uh, because of in the NFC South. And, and I watched, you know, I'm obviously familiar with what he did in Seattle, but th- there's a lot of like um, disguise and different concepts that they're putting into their defense. And I, I don't know, like to me, he's kind of reinvigorated himself too, because many people associate Dan Quinn, just think, Oh, cover three uh, Pete Carroll system. But I, I don't really see it that way. No, I think Quinn ends up being a head coach somewhere next year. Um, th- this defense is really, really fun to watch. They're, they're still bad for the most part. Like they still have a, a lot of talent gap um, and, and a lot of issues. CB2 and CB3 are both kind of an issue. Trayvon Diggs has obviously been outstanding. It was the NFC Defense Player of the Month and, and for very good reason. Um, but yeah, you're right. This is a completely different defense from what we've seen. And we saw a little bit after he kind of gave up the defensive play calling duties in Atlanta, we saw Raheem Morris come in and kind of implement a little bit more Tampa two, a little bit more too high overall. They ran it a ton against the Cowboys last year. Um, and that kind of, you know, picked them apart obviously, but, um, this defense, they do, they disguise pre-snap. They're, they're going too high. 
They're going single high. They're really mixing and matching uh, their defensive personnel as well. They're running some three safety sets. Uh, they're getting Micah Parsons wherever they need him to be for any given day or any given play. Um, and then on top of everything else, they're finally getting competent safety play, which is something that I haven't seen as a Dallas Cowboys fan since I was young, young. So for me, it, it really comes down to, I, I think that Dan Quinn has some guys that can make plays, some obvious weak spots, but he's able to work this defense kind of around those weak spots. And then what the defense has done a really good job of and something that I've never seen in my lifetime is the Dallas Cowboys defense actually going out, not just getting lucky with the turnovers that they get, but actually going out and creating turnovers. And that's something that Trayvon Diggs, I talk about it and I break it down this way. There's there's ball magnets and there's ball hawks. Like Andre Sisco at Syracuse was a ball magnet. The ball came to where he was and he got lucky a lot. Now he went out and also made some plays on some of his interceptions. But I think Trayvon Diggs is both. I think he's a ball hawk and a ball magnet. For some reason, the, these teams continue to throw at him when they shouldn't. And he's making these outrageous plays like the pick six, you know, against Jalen Hurts. And, and even if Devontae Smith doesn't fall there, that's a pick six. It, it doesn't matter. He's making these outstanding plays. And then the, the big one for me is J. Ron Curse at safety. Got him from Minnesota. I didn't even know if he'd make the team. And he came out here and has played out of his mind so far. I think he's been the be best of the safeties out of DeMonte Kazee um, and um, Malik Cooker as well. And then once they get Donovan Wilson back, it it's going to be really fun to watch that that foursome of, of safeties come out and play all at a level that is, you know, above replacement level when we haven't seen one replacement level safety in Cowboys uh, in, in some years now. So I, I think it's, you know, those – positions being solid really helps um and then having osa odigizua just absolutely dominate on the defensive interior as a rookie to, to get that production i wasn't expecting um and then obviously micah parsons is a freak of nature uh so you have guys who are really really talented that can make plays and then a ton of really big weak spots um that are going to give up a bunch of yards and still give up a bunch of points at times as well. So it's going to have to be an opportunistic defense. And it has been so far. Uh, I think that this is the week where we kind of see if it's going to happen. This is the week where we see Robbie Anderson have a big game for, for uh, Carolina. Yeah, it's, it's certainly, there's going to be opportunities. Uh, Carolina, they like to do a lot of play action and pre-snap motion. Uh, obviously it makes things very simple for Darnold's. Um, I'm a little skeptical that he's kind of turned the corner in any, any sense. I think the scheme is um, helping him in that regard. But um, I want to stick to your first round uh, rookie, uh, Micah Parsons, because I really didn't see this coming from him. I, I was not a huge fan of his as an off-ball linebacker prospect. But, I mean, if you're going to use his athleticism and put him you know, on the edge, then, I mean, that's just a great use of his skill set, in my opinion. And uh, the first game, what I noticed uh, against Los Angeles, um, where he was on the edge, it, he did a lot of it. In, he beat the Chargers right tackle quite a bit on those inside moves and got a little uh, tied up when he tried to bend the edge. But against um, Philly, I think he showed much more diversity. And what I also noticed is just how much of a freak athlete he is. I think there was like a zone read play where he like bit inside on Jalen Hurts, but then 
was able to quickly recover and only held him to like a three yard gain. I mean, you just don't see that type of athleticism from him, but what do you think about like his development as like an edge rusher and where do you kind of see that going? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I personally, I, I have this conversation and, and argument kind of with, with Cowboys fans all the time. I think that he should play in a hybrid role. I think that on most occasions he should be playing as a linebacker and then on pass rushing downs or situationally, if you want to, you can bring him down and rush the passer. I love his ability to rush the passer, but at the end of the day, he's got 31 and a half inch arms and that lack of length against better offensive tackles like Lane Johnson um, or uh, against Los Angeles when he was going against Rashawn Slater, they kind of engulfed him a little bit at times. So uh, for me, it's, he's a 245 pound you know, hybrid player. And I want him on the field as much as humanly possible for this defense, because a lot of the big plays that you'll see uh, against the Dallas Cowboys have come with him off of the field. And I don't think that is a coincidence. I think that it's a lot easier for these offenses to make plays when he is not on the field, because even in coverage, even when he's not rushing the passer, he still has been fantastic in that, in that respect. And I did not expect him to be a good coverage player coming out of Penn state kind of because we didn't see it much at Penn state, but mostly because when we did see it, he wasn't very technically proficient as a cover linebacker. So for me, I want him on the field as much as possible. And we've seen it so far as an edge rusher, he's just not able to do that. It takes a lot out of these little guys to be able to go and bang around on the outside, you know, against the run and against the pass against these tackles down in and down out. That's why we see a lower snap count for him. I want him on the field as much as possible. So first, second down, you know, let, let's, let's keep him on the field as a linebacker or let's move him around. You know, let's, let's mug him in the a gap. Um, Let's work him uh, with Osa on these pass rush moves as well, because a couple of the times that we've seen him, you know, drive inside or, or counter inside, Osa has done a fantastic job of replacing him and spilling towards the outside, you know, if the quarterback is going to try to rush um, and, and get out on a scramble. So I, I think that working in tandem um, is something that those two in particular have done a really good job at. Um, and, and so for me, I want those guys kind of on the same side of, of the pass rush when he does come down. Uh, I said it when, when I saw him, for the first time against Los Angeles, I said, you know, they should have taken TJ Watt back in the day. Um, he wasn't a, a scheme fit at the time for this team because he didn't put his hand in the dirt in college. But I said, I, I think that they might have their TJ Watt. I think that he could possibly be that if he was just a, a legitimate edge. I think that he could be their version of it. I don't think he'll ever be that high end of a pass rusher as TJ Watt, but he could have that same sort of impact overall because of his ability as an off-ball linebacker as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's just been he's been awesome to watch. Um, what what's what do you feel like is one weakness uh, that this defense can be really exploited on? I know Dallas fans like to. Uh, really kind of rag on their linebackers. But is that one area of their defense that kind of concerns you? Yes, and especially against the the Carolina Panthers because you're, you're right, they do run a lot of pre-stat motion. They'll do some stuff uh, behind the line of scrimmage uh, motion like when uh, like an H-back is, is crossing the formation and going into the flats. I don't think the Cowboys have covered that in the last five years. I've been covering the Cowboys. Um, so when you have that kind of split zone action, uh, split zone play action 
Um, that little, you know, tight end pass is going to be wide open every time. They really struggle to to you know maintain their uh, assignment in those situations. Play action is something that they've really struggled with. These these linebackers have. So uh, I'm uh, I am worried about that. I'm more worried about CB two and, and CB three because they are big issues. Uh, Anthony Brown is not somebody who I want to see going up against Robbie Anderson for the entire game. But with uh, Trayvon Diggs kind of shadowing um, JJ Moore, which I, I expect him to do, I think that it could be a, a, a big game, a couple really big plays for Robbie in this one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in my opinion, I just, I mean, Jalen Hurts left a lot of plays in the fields. Uh, there was times where I saw uh, Ertz and Goddard wide open, and he just, for whatever reason, didn't throw it to them or he just was inaccurate. Uh, so, Carolina, I don't know. It's going to be interesting because, like, as much as I uh, really liked Tommy Tremble as a prospect, and I still rate Ian Thomas, they did just trade a veteran tight end, um, Dan Arnold. Uh, so we'll see. But, you know, for me, I, I just think Carolina really has to um, because they haven't trailed all season. So, like, it's going to be interesting to see. In, in my opinion, Dallas is going to hum at one point are they going to be winning this game. So what does Carolina do and how do they adjust their offense uh, to when, as to when Dallas is uh, going to be, their defense is playing with the lead. So uh, that's probably the most fascinating thing I want to see. Uh, but for you, yeah, I'm not really asking for a prediction, but what has to go wrong for Dallas for them to lose it? And what has to go right? Is it just playing a clean game of football? Because I think we saw last year some, uh, of those issues kind of pop up. I think it was against Atlanta or something where they went down like 28 points or something crazy. Um, and then obviously Prescott kind of pulled a rabbit out of his ass and they came back and won that game. But I just want to get like your perspective on like what has to go wrong for Dallas to lose. So I, I think for, for this team to, to really kind of screw up, they're going to have to turn the ball over early. Um, and have Carolina jump out to the lead. I think that's really where it's going to kind of get ugly for the Dallas Cowboys if that happens. It's kind of like you said in the, the Atlanta recipe if they turn the ball over a couple times because I haven't seen a way for defenses to really slow this team down very much. I think everything's going to have to be self-inflicted. I think you know costly penalties would be another thing, holding calls, false starts, you know those kind of drive killers. Uh, kind of like we saw in the, the Los Angeles game, because in the Los Angeles game, both of those offenses were kind of killed by untimely uh, penalties. And, and the referees were awful in that game for both sides, um, kind of killed, you know, the, the offensive success when it came to scoring touchdowns. And then we saw uh, Los Angeles turn the ball over a couple of times in, in some, you know, bad situations. I think that's how the Dallas Cowboys end up losing this football game. Um, but we've also seen Sam Darnold go completely off against the Dallas Cowboys just two years ago in 2019 when, when the Cowboys had a, a pretty good football team, he went completely berserk uh, against them. So we, we've seen Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson go big against the Dallas Cowboys before. And although this is almost a completely different team for Dallas, I, I do think that there is a way that Robbie Anderson can kind of, you know, ha have a couple big catches here, a couple big touchdowns and, you know, a, a turnover or two here uh, for the Dallas Cowboys offense could, could be what gives Carolina the, the win here. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Dallas should be favored. I know Carolina does have a little bit of a rest advantage. They played on Thursday night, and Dallas played on Monday night. Uh, but they're still having to travel on the road to play uh, one of the best teams, in my opinion, uh, in the entire NFC. So I think Carolina is probably I – I do think it will be a close game. Uh, I think Dallas probably edges out like 27-20 or 27-23 or something like that. Uh, I don't really have a fair take on the spread or whatnot. I know the spread is four, four and a half. Uh, but I just think like right now Dallas is operating at such a high level and some of the issues that – um, that we haven't really seen with this team uh, are going to be exposed, especially in that secondary, uh, because right now Carolina's pass rush is really kind of covering up some of uh, the warts that are prevalent in the secondary, because there are there were some open guys that Davis Mills and Jameis Winston and Zach Wilson didn't hit, and Dak Prescott is on a completely different level than those guys, and obviously Kellen Moore is, well, Sean Payne's a good play caller, but Kellen Moore and Prescott are obviously having, uh, you know, have such a good sync with one another, so uh, this is a very good limit test for Carolina and Dallas is going to be a tough team no matter what happens in this game. I just uh, really want to see Carolina compete with one of the best teams in the NFC and you know, playing back-to-back road games is never easy um, despite some of the rest advantage that they do have. But uh, it's going to be a fascinating matchup and uh, looking forward to it. Dalton, is there anything you want to plug before we head out? Yeah, um, I'm doing a, a bunch of all 22 film review stuff on Twitch. Um, that's kind of my off work, but still on work type deal stuff. Um, have an epic pen. I'm drawing stuff up. I'm, I'm freaking out on, on plays and stuff. And that's not just Cowboys specific. I, I do that, you know, for for all 32 NFL teams. If people want to come hang out um, and just watch a little bit of film, uh, that that's where I do that. That's on Twitch uh tv slash dalton d miller um i'm doing like the little highlights of what i do on those live shows i'm cutting them up and i'm putting them on tiktok now and i'm trying to do the the nfl thing on tiktok a little bit having a little fun and then obviously on twitter is where i spend most of of my time but really guys i just want you to go to the profootballnetwork.com and read everything that I've put out um, because I like money um, and I like my <laughs> job and I like to be fully remote and fully salaried covering the NFL. So I would, I would like for you guys to read my stuff so I can continue doing that. Yeah. And uh, certainly uh, recommend everyone do that. And uh, you put out some great work, especially during the draft time. And uh, I mean, hopefully Carolina isn't, isn't going to be looking forward to the draft early. Like they have been the past few years. Um, so Dalton, once again, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.